own Bible, right? This book right here. So if you brought it, you want to pull it out today. I'll use the uh, TV to put up these scriptures also. But there's something special when we look into the Word of God, right? Yeah, yeah. Some of you, though, you're going, you know, Sharon, I don't get it. I don't get it. I look into it, and, and it's supposed to be really important, and I try to read it, except for I just don't understand. I don't understand it a lot of times, and, you know, I have a hard time trying to figure out what's the practical aspect of this to my life that I'm, you know, dealing with today, right? And I just don't get it. Matter of fact, <laughs> I start reading it, and my mind starts to wander off, right? Or is that just me? No, that's everybody, right? And so we really need to... Uh, have an extra um, oomph in it when we go to God's Word. And so today I want to talk to you. You've come on a good day, right, uh, to the house of the Lord, because today I want to show you how to see what God wants you to see in the Word of God, all right? I want to show that to you, and I want to explain how the Bible itself can really, you can start to open it up, and it's almost like a living, breathing thing. And a Bible that would seem closed to you all of a sudden begins to open up and you begin to receive all that God has. Now, I know all of that cannot happen unless the Holy Spirit comes even more to, to open your mind up. And I felt him when we were worshiping. He's here. And so what I'm going to do is just piggyback on that. So bow your heads with me. This is my custom. I do this every time I teach because it's an important part. Holy Spirit, I thank you for being here. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come even more. This is God's presence. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come? We need you. I need you, Father God. Yeah, I hear that. Oh, Lord, would you open up your people's minds? Would they be able to see and understand what the Spirit of God is saying to them today? Would you come and have your way in this, these words that I'll speak? Cause us, Lord, to be different than when we came in. Cause us, Father, to, to understand more of who you are in your word. I thank you, Father, for all the wonderful things that you will teach us today. And I anticipate greatness because you are a great God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, last week you did have Dr. Gilbert come and talk to you. And uh, he talked to you about time-honored principles in studying God's word, right? And so those are really great. Matter of fact, we have our small groups that will be kicking off coming up here real shortly and so those principles are carried on in a lot of our small groups. And so I want to encourage you to get ready. On the 28th, which is the end of the month, we have a big uh, fair where we will have all the small groups out here and you can take a look and meet the folks that will be teaching. All right? And so that's the last of the month on the 28th on a Sunday. Pastor Andy will teach and he'll kind of end a little early, so we give you plenty of time to do that. All right? And so we hope that you enjoy that. Now... Uh, Dr. Uh, Gilbert, like I said, he did open up these time-honored ways of looking at God's Word. But I want to uh, just kind of go into a different perspective, a different viewpoint also uh, of how I see the Word. And I do everything that he talks about, but there's an added part in for me as well, and that's called illumination. That I read the Bible looking for illumination. Of course, illumination is lightening up, right? It's allowing us to see things. Matter of fact, I put it up here for you to, exactly for you to look at. It's on your outline also, right? Illumination, what am I talking about? Letting the Holy Spirit show me, watch this, 
the meaning of God's word, right? And how it applies to me, to my world, what's going on with my life. And so that's what illumination is. That's where we, we need to uh, bring the Holy Spirit. You know, before Christ went into heaven, he sat with his disciples and he told you and I that his Father God was going to send something called the Holy Spirit, which is God's presence, to indwell us, right? And the job of the Holy Spirit is to open up the Word of God, to open up what Christ tells us, and for us to be able to see how that applies to the world we live in today, you know, the things that are going on. And so illumination is just that. It's giving us the power to be able to see something we wouldn't otherwise be able to see. It reminds me of uh, Christmas when I buy my kids, uh, you know, lots of gifts. When they were little, I used to like to buy toys, right? Uh, got a kick, had three boys. <laughs> we had lots of toys. And so whenever I would buy a toy, though, it always said, batteries not included, <laughs> right? I learned painfully the first time. Never let that happen again. So the batteries are important. They don't make the toy uh, less of a toy if it doesn't have batteries. But what it does is when you get batteries and you put it in, it makes the toy operate in the way it was intended, right? It's like turbocharged. It does things that uh, more than just sit there or, you know, uh, not have the power to it. And so that's how God sees us. That, that we're beautiful in his sight. When we accept Christ, he puts the Holy Spirit in us. And so we have this ability to release the power, the batteries, right, that are in us. But oftentimes, we're unacquainted with that. And that really has a lot to do with understanding God's word. And so in Ephesians 1.17, it's not on your outline, but this is what it says. I ask the glorious Father, this is Jesus Christ. Uh, I ask the glorious Father and God of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you his spirit, the spirit will make you wise. If you want to know how to have a better marriage, how to make a good business deal, right? How to deal with kids, how to deal with those honorary people around you. It says here you, that, that he wants to give you the wisdom to know how to do that. He says, and he'll let you understand what it means to know God. Understanding is that power punched. All of a sudden you open up God's word and it illuminates, right? It's the power of revelation that I'm talking about up here, right? And so when we read the Bible with that in mind, things start to change for us. You see this Bible that I'm talking about, it's not just a book, it's supernatural. It's a supernatural book. I mean, what book do you have where you're reading it and you can start to talk to the author? None. But that's how the Bible was intended, and that's why we're given the Holy Spirit, so that we can talk to the author while we're reading it. God, I don't understand this. Help me, right? Holy Spirit, come. And it's, he wants to illuminate it. He wants to, to talk to you about it. So how does this illumination work exactly, right? How's it going to look? Well, here's the scripture. And this time, how the Bible wants to work in illumination. This time, I want you to open up your Bible, and I'm going to open up mine, because here you go. I'm going to have it up on the screen for you to see here, but I am a, a firm believer that God talks to us when we open up the Word of God, right? And this first one is so important. This is, this is what uh, we teach in our growth track, right? We teach this in growth track because this is the essence of being able to make the Word come alive. It says this, 
I pray, this is Apostle Paul, I pray that the eyes of your heart, and I'll come back to that, may be enlightened. That's the illumination I'm talking about. And here's why. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the richest of the glorious inheritance for his holy people. He says, hey, I want you to understand this. As children of God, I want you to understand this. And because of that inheritance, I'm going to open up the eyes of your heart. So what are the eyes of your heart then? What is that? Is that just an interesting saying? No. See, I believe just like when we were born, most of us have gotten those five senses, right? When we are born, we can see, smell, touch, feel, hear, right? And so I believe that all our experiences in life come through those senses that we have. If you don't have those five senses, you know it because there's a piece missing, right? And so what I believe is when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, right, we're born again when we have this personal relationship with God, right, that there is a second set of spiritual senses that are kicked in. Whoa, really? Yes, I do. I believe that you are given spiritual eyes and spiritual ears and spiritual feeling. You can feel things around you, the electricity. You can almost smell. Smells different, right? You can taste. Tastes different. It's God. He's working. And he's, he, he's uh, uh, you know, coming those uh, spiritual aliveness of your senses start to become alive. And they make a difference when you're actually looking at things, Right? And when he says, I want to open the eyes of your heart, he's talking about the spiritual, the spiritual senses that they begin to come alive for you. And so when you're reading God's word, all of a sudden you're not just going blah, 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 I'm reading, but you're, it's this interaction where the Holy Spirit is beginning to open your eyes and you see things you never saw, right? You're beginning to feel things because he's tearing up, you know, pulling up things in your life, in your heart, and all of a sudden it becomes an interaction, Right? It becomes an interaction when he does that. Now, some of you have never read the Bible like that or have never experienced God like that, and you're like, well, this is kind of interesting. <laughs> what is that girl saying, right? And there's other of you, you go, yeah, that's happened to me, but not very frequently, right? Well, hey, listen, today's a good day to be here because I'm going to show you how it works. And then it's your decision whether you want to enter into it or not. You see, I believe the Bible is a living, breathing thing. It's deeply spiritual. And because of that, you must have the lens of spirituality when you read it. You've got to read it with the Holy Spirit helping you. That's how it becomes illuminated. That's how we begin to understand what God actually wants us to see. Now, what actually happens when we do this, Sharon, when our eyes are open spiritually? Well, I want to talk to you about when your eyes are open spiritually, these are things that I've seen God do, right? The first is that solutions to my problems begin to make sense, right? And so what I'm going to do to show you some of these uh, benefits or things that happen when one's eyes are open, I'm going to tell you three stories. The first one here to illustrate this idea of the solution to my problem being evident, I'm going to tell you about Sarah, Abraham, uh, you know, Hagar, right? Isaac and uh, Ishmael. Now, you guys might have remembered that story. It's in Genesis 21, and you can earmark that on your notes to go back and to read the whole entire story. But what I want to remind you is that God uh, actually 
spoke to Abraham and told Abraham that he would be the father of a great nation, right? That was Israel, of a great nation, and that he would give him a son to be his heir for this great nation. Well, time went on, and that thing wasn't happening, so the family, Sarah and Abraham, Sarah gets this idea. She's going to try to make this thing happen, so she has plan B, right? This is so us. When God doesn't move in the time when we think, we're like, I'm going to have an answer. I'll make it happen, right? And so the Sarah tries to do that, and so she decides to come up with this idea that she'll give her handmaiden, Hagar, over to her husband and have him sleep with her so they can produce an heir. Do you see that? Well, Abraham, he's pretty old. He looks at Sarah and he goes, mm, that might be a good idea. <laughs> so he agrees to that. Foolish man. So he agrees to that. And so what ends up happening is he does uh, have sex with Hagar. She does get pregnant. She does give birth to a son, right? His name is Ishmael, right? And so then now uh, Abraham goes before God and he lifts up and says, look, God, the child of promise, it's, you know, Ishmael. And God goes, no, no, that's your plan. That wasn't my plan, <laughs> right? And stuff. And, and shortly after that, God gives Sarah the ability at 90 years old to get pregnant, which is like a miracle, right? And she indeed has a child. And the child that, that she has is the child of promise, right? It's Isaac. And so the child of promise now is growing upside the child that they produced on their own effort. And they start to fight, right? And things are not looking good. And so uh, Sarah becomes uh, concerned. And so she, again, talks to Abraham and says, Abraham, this is not good. They can't be you know, raised up together and so forth. So anyway, Abraham sees the, the strife and he says, you're right. And so what he'll do is he casts out Hagar and her son, right, Ishmael. And he sends him into the desert with water, you know, and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, now you have Hagar uh, being sent away. And uh, it's just really a tragic tragic story with rejection here. You know, and she's out there and, of course, she doesn't have any means other than the little canteen of water and food. She runs out, but she is so brokenhearted. She has her son. She cannot watch him die. And so the word tells us she puts the child under a bush and walks away, right? And she's crying out to God like, oh, I can't believe this is happening to us and stuff. And in there, though, it says that God sent an angel to Hagar and said, hey, do not cry, do not be afraid, I am with you, right? And take the boy by the hand, lift him up, take him by the hand, and I'm going to show you something. So now in comes the, 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 uh, the word of the Lord, and things are going to begin to change. And I want to read this scripture to you, right? Because here's where it happens. In uh, Genesis 21, 19, when God, watch this, opened her eyes. Remember, I'm talking about the senses being open. God opened her eyes. They weren't open before. And she saw a well of water. It was right there. She didn't see it before. It took God to open up her eyes to see the solution. She, so she went and she filled her skin, which is a canteen, with water and gave the boy a drink. And as we know, Ishmael rises up and he becomes the father of the Arab nations, right? And so he does uh, survive. And so what I want you to see, though, is that without God's intervention and him opening up the eyes of Hagar, she would have never been able to see the solution. And guys, it was right there for her. 
And here you go. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you're facing, what kind of problems. You know, maybe you're looking at, yeah, I hear that. You're looking at something that keeps falling through and you can't make it work or relational brokenness. I see. And then also your health. And you're looking and you're going, these problems are so humongous and I can't seem to see the solution, the answer. Well, you just need the eyes of your heart to be opened. That's what you need. You need that touch of God so that your eyes can be opened. Here you go, and he's here today. So he does tell us that we can see the solutions to our problems, but he also says when he opens up the eyes of our heart that he, we can see the defense that we can mount against the attacks that come our way. You see... I know that even though I'm a Christ follower, there's a lot that attacks us, isn't there? Same with me, right? And so we might be feeling kind of attacked, you know, or things are happening to us and you feel like there's a thousand stuff coming at you and then there's little old you, right? You can have a relational break with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a spouse, right? Uh, Maybe you feel kind of discouraged with the economic stuff that's going on. Have you ever looked at your... Your bill, when you get, you know, your grocery bill, it's like, oh, right? Or the gas. And it's just, it all can make it so overwhelming. You feel defenseless. You feel like you're being attacked, right? Well, here you go. This second story is about this, when we feel this, right? It's in 2 Kings 2. Now, this story is in the Old Testament. And it's about Elisha and the Amorites, right? And they're coming, uh, and they're attacking Israel all the time, right? And the king is a pretty uh, evil dude. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And so he's, he, like I said, he's always attacking Israel. But here you go. When he sends out his raiders to come against Israel, God always, uh, you know, reveals his plan to Elijah. He says, Elijah, this is going to happen. And so Elijah knows, and he goes to the king of Israel. He tells him that. And so what ends up happening is they don't, uh, they, they are not successful because the Israelites are ready. Now, this makes the king of Aram pretty angry, okay? He's really angry, and so he wants to figure out what's going on. So he sends his, his spies, his people around to figure it out, uh, who's the traitor. But really, he finds out that it is, you know, this, it is the uh, prophet being able to be told by God, right? And so this evil king, he decides, hmm, I am going to go ahead and set a trap right? I'm going to set a trap for him. And the way he does it is he goes down to where Elijah is, which is in the town of Danth, and he uh, brings all his chariots and all his men and he encamps around him, right? And he's going to kill this prophet. He's got him now, right? Well, it says in the Bible, and I love this part, it says that when uh, Elijah and his servant, they get up, the servant goes out, right, to get the water. And so he sees the hillside, covered with these chariots and these people with big swords, right? And he, like us, would have a panic attack. And so he runs back in to tell Elijah that this is happening. Oh, my gosh, they're goners now. Hey, it's good knowing you, bud, right? And they just know that that they're dead. He knows that they're going to die. But Elijah does something remarkable. He looks at the servant. He says, "Mm -mm, do not be afraid. And he's like, what? Do not be afraid. Well, why? Because there are more with us than against us. Now, from the natural standpoint, this servant goes, what do you mean? There are 7,000, you know, men on chariots around us, and there's just me and you. See, from the human standpoint, it looked pretty bad. 
But Elijah saw something. And so now Elijah does this remarkable thing. He starts to talk to the Lord on behalf of the servant. Look what he says here in 2 Kings. Elijah prayed, O oh Lord, there's that word again, open the eyes. Open the eyes that he, the servant, may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, right? The spiritual senses come up. And he looked out and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. And so what happened is the servant got to pull back and look into the spiritual realm because God opened the sense of his eyes, the spiritual eyes, right? And he began to see that there were more angels, right? Army angel around them. And so now he begins to see this and he goes, oh, I got it. And you know what? When he got it, the fear left the servant. You see that? And so God wants us to know, here's the point. God wants us to know that if you're facing some odds that seem pretty, pretty bleak to you, you know, where you just, I do, do not have the answer for this one, and I feel defensive. I feel like I'm in the fight by myself, and I'm getting the crap beat out of me. God says he just wants you to know that he will open the eyes of your heart so that you might see the protection for which he has around you. It's all about being able to let him open up your heart. Do you see that, right? Well, this third story I want to talk to you about, this third story one of my favorite is how God is walking with me. When God opens our eyes, right, of the Spirit, we are able to see Him walk with us. Outside of that, we can't. Outside of that, all we can see is physical reality, and that physical reality can make God feel like He's a million miles away and He doesn't care. But see, that's not true. That's not true. He's actually with you right now. And again, He wants to give you that illumination so you see it. So this third story, I want to show you what happens when the eyes of your heart are opened, right? This story is about when Jesus Christ, uh, when he, his process of the last uh, couple of days that he was here on earth, right? I'm taking this out of Luke 24. In Luke 24, we are told that Jesus is arrested, he's whipped, he's beaten, right? He's tortured, and then he's crucified. He dies, and he is buried in a tomb, right? And his disciples actually see what's going on. And that brings them, you know, great confusion, but they feel crushed because that which they had hoped to happen cannot no longer happen. And so they're despairing, right? They're full of grief. They're not doing well. And then comes along Sunday morning, our Easter morning, right? And two women go to the tomb and they find that the body is missing. Not only is the body missing, but there's an angel there and it says, what you're looking for, Jesus Christ has risen, right? Now, this is so radical, right, that, that it just, like, people are having a hard time believing it, and it hits the Jerusalem area, and it scatters about everywhere, and so there's this, uh, this fury of information that's coming out that Jesus is raised from the dead, and everybody's excited about it. Now, here you go. In Luke 24, it talks about on the road to Demaeus were two of Jesus' disciples, right? Now, they're on the road because they're getting out of town because they're afraid for their life, and they're in deep grief, and they're talking to one another about what's going on. All of a sudden, while they're walking, a third person comes up. They don't recognize him, but he is Jesus Christ, and he starts to walk with them, 
And so he asks them what they're talking about. Of course, they tell them, you know, tell them everything that's been going on. They can hardly believe he doesn't know coming from Jerusalem. But they begin to tell him everything. And then while they're telling him stuff, right, uh, and, and open that up, Jesus enters the conversation by saying, hey, don't you remember the Old Testament, which is their scriptures? Don't you remember it says that the Messiah must be mistreated and, and uh, kill and be, you know, die, right? And so he reminds them of what they know to be true. And then all of a sudden, right, these guys are like, yeah. And they come upon an inn because it's getting dark now because he's been with them a while. And they go in to have dinner and they ask Jesus, you want to come? They still do not know who it is. And he goes, sure, buds, I'll come in with you, right? Now, I love this because here's what you're going to see next. You're going to see God interact with them in a way that's powerful. He says, when he was at the table, talking about Jesus, right, that they don't recognize with him, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Where else do we see this? Is this not the Last Supper that's being, being done here? It is, isn't it? This is so cool. Okay, and then what happens is, watch this, then their eyes were open. Boom! I can now see past the grief and the feelings I'm having. I can see into the spiritual realm. And they, what as a result, recognized him and, he, and then he disappeared out of their sight. You know, I often think of it in this terms for me. You know, so often in life when tragedy hits, when we have a loss that we do not understand, when things are, are hard for us and we find ourselves in grief, we look with disbelief at some of the things going on. We have a hard time, hard time believing that Christ is with us. And you might be feeling that today and you might be thinking that, but I want you to know that Christ is with you. He's walking with you even now as you tarry in the pain and the toil that you are feeling. You see, God knows. But he says you cannot recognize that he walks with you unless the eyes of your heart are open. Guys, when we allow the Holy Spirit to move, he shows us the answers to our problems. He gives us the solution. And, and then he shows us that, that he's protecting us and he's providing, providing for us always. And then he says... And I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am right there with you. Do you see that? I mean, who would not want that? How could you not want that, right? So how, Sharon, how can I do this? How can I, how can I make this thing happen? How do I prepare myself to have the eyes of my heart opened? How can that be? Well, I'm going to give you three things that, that I do. First, I'm going to recommend that you establish your relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, if you don't know who Jesus Christ, if you've not called upon him as your savior, if you've not called upon him to be the leader of your life, right? The scripture talks about the condition of your heart. You can only see physical. You cannot see into the spiritual realm. Where do I get that? Well, that comes out of 1 Corinthians. It says, the man without the spirit, right? Does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. When we have not declared Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we are dull. We are unable to see beyond the physical. That's what that says. For they are foolishness to him, to the unsaved, right? To the lost. And he cannot understand them. You just can't get it, right? Because they are spiritually discerned. 
And so there's this call that God has to us to make a choice to let Jesus Christ be the leader of our life. Because all the things I'm talking to you about, all the, the benefits of, of being hooked in spiritually cannot happen if Jesus Christ is not your savior and the leader of your life. He, he underscores this when he says to us here in John 3, 3, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And so there's this call to us to be able to establish a relationship with him. This is going to be very important for you guys, especially if you feel distant and you feel far away. God's calling you home. He, he wants you to establish this relationship so that he can just grow you up into the child of God that you were meant to be. But the first choice is yours. There's a line there, and you've got to decide to step across it, right? And today I'll give you that opportunity. At the end of our prayer time, at the end of my time, I'll pray. And I'll give you an opportunity to raise your hand and say, I want that. I want that kind of relationship, Sharon, right? It's your choice. Mine is to present it. Your choice is to either accept it or reject it. That's how that works, right? So you first must have the right relationship with Jesus Christ. Then the second thing, because there's many of you that go, yeah, I got that relationship, but I'm still having a hard time. Well, I'm going to say that you need to ask God in faith to open up your eyes, to ask God in faith to open up your eyes. What? Yeah. Yeah, we got to ask, right? We got we to go looking for that. It says, open my eyes that I might see the wonderful things in your law. The law is the word of God. And so we got to come at it. We got to ask. You see, when I go to the word of God and I have my quiet time with him, right? I, you know, I, I have my music on, my, my worship music. I set that time aside. I'm sitting there and I've got my journal. I got my Bible. But you know the most important thing I do? is I say, come Holy Spirit, come, open this woman's heart. Let me see what truth is. Let me see it. I can't see it without you, right? And so you're inviting him in. You're asking him to come and to be a part of what's going on. That's where illumination comes. That's where I'm reading the word, and all of a sudden it jumps off and it speaks to my soul, right? You begin to have those kinds of experiences because in faith we're saying, Come, come, Holy Spirit, right? Come and do this. Now, God says to us that if any of us lacks wisdom, we don't know what to do, right? I don't know how to make that business adventure happen. I don't know how to make my family work. I don't know how to make my kids behave. You know, I, I don't know what to do with people that hurt me. When we, when we have all these issues, he says, if you lack wisdom, like I just don't know what to do here, he said, you should ask God, now, does God not know and he needs you to tell him? No, 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 no. He says, but I want you to ask because there's a faith that gets released when we ask, right? So we're to ask, who get, and he gives us generously to all without finding fault. He doesn't go, hey, you dumb kid, you should know this by now, right? He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. But when he asks, when Sharon Mead asks, when you ask, look at this, he must believe and not doubt. So when I open this and I say, come Holy Spirit, help me to understand it. I believe, I expect him to be there. I expect him to be there, right? And to talk to me. It says in Matthew 7, 7, to get my point across here, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Do you see that? It's the A, the S, and the K. 
Guys, I wish when I first was saved, somebody would have told me this, right? I'm giving you the pearls of the kingdom of God here. This will radically, radically alter your viewpoint. It radically alters your viewpoint when you ask the Holy Spirit to come and open up those senses, right? We need to be able to do this. But is it just about asking, Sharon? Well, no. It's also about adjusting one's attitude. Well, what kind of attitude do you have? You come to the word with a humble attitude, a humble attitude. You know, if I come to the word going, I've read it a hundred times. I know what it says. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know how to handle my husband, my kids, right? If I come with that attitude, I'm not going to receive anything. But if I come saying to the Lord, you know, I don't really know. I get confused what truth is because the society is telling me one thing and God is telling me another and I'm stuck in the middle and it's hard, right? Come Holy Spirit, help me see truth. Let me see what truth is, what you say, right? And so when we come with that kind of heart, right, he begins to answer all those difficulties that we're having. He begins to open up because he honors people with a humble heart. He says he guides the humble Right? He guides us. He shows us how to maneuver, how to walk, how to deal with people, what is right, and teaches them his way. And so the Father's always at work here. He's always opening up our understanding if we allow him to. And friends, I can also tell you when I open up that word, right, and my attitude, I want to know. But then when I look into the word of God, if you're like me, I'm a sinful girl. And all of a sudden, what I begin to realize is there's so much junk here. What's the junk? It's the angst. It's the concern. It's the anger. It's the unrest that I have in my heart about different things. They'll all start to bubble up. And I've got there. And so God says we have to deal with those first. We have to deal with those first to get them out of you so that I can replace them with God's word into your heart. And so there's this identification, right, that has to happen. Like, oh, this isn't right, and I need to repent, meaning I need to change my ways, meaning I need your help to do that. And so I attend, uh, in the attitude, I attend to my own heart, right? What am, I, what am I doing here? I am trying to show you how to access the Holy Spirit in your life right? It's not just somebody like me uh, who talk on the stage. No, no, no. It's for the common focus for us. It's for us to get it and to use it in life. You see, this is what God wants. He wants us to be able to dial into where the Holy Spirit is. He wants us to release us from the sin that holds us down so we can't receive from the word. Do you see? The, this is truth I'm speaking to you, right? And when we start to do that and we start to approach God's word like that, he tells us, okay, now comes the punch here. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord. Not trust in oneself, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. He says, believe me, trust me, expect me, right? And learn not, lean not on your understanding because he knows that's the pull. In all your ways, acknowledge him. God, I don't understand this. I don't understand why you say to forgive somebody that's hurt me. I don't understand why you say to give somebody a second chance. Or I don't understand, but I'm going to decide I'm going to follow after you. Do you see that? That's what this is. And he'll make your path straight. This is God's promise to us. That's why I quote it often. I love this promise because he says, if you will just believe, then I will take over and I will lead you. Follow me. 
follow me. And so today I've talked to you about the giftedness of the Holy Spirit and how he works with us, right? And again, I'm mindful. Some of you go, yeah, 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 I get that. And others go, oh gosh, <laughs> that's absolutely terrifying, right? But here you go. If it's enough to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead and that he's here with us now through the form of the Holy Spirit, why wouldn't you want to be able to access that? He's always given you freedom and he always will to decide. But this is the batteries. This is the batteries that make this thing called our faith work. Bow your heads with me. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you've been here today, that you've been present. And so, Lord, as we dial down here, I ask, Father, that you would, again, open the eyes and the hearts of those, Father, that could hear what your spirit was saying. Okay, for those of you that feel far from God, that you do not have this relationship where it's an exchange, where you know you're forgiven, where he's guiding you, that you've given him the leadership of your life, you to raise your hand in just a moment. But before I do that, Father was also prompting me in another direction. And he was saying, Sharon, we have people that can hear your words, but they need to act in faith. And if that is you, and you want your senses, your spiritual senses to open up, then I'm going to ask you also to raise your hand. Because I believe those are spiritual truths that you say to God, God, I want this. I want this. I need this. It's that humble heart, is it not? And so if those are you, if you whether you want to have that Snapchat relationship or you want the Holy Spirit to move and to open up so that the eyes of your heart can be open, then I'm going to encourage you right now to raise your hand. Yeah. Father, I see, but more importantly, you see. So you can put your hands down now. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you see, oh, I hear that. He says he sees you guys that are watching also, the ones that you raised your hand. God saw them. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and that you would breathe upon those, Father, that were daring to say, I want a closer relationship with you. Yeah. I want my senses to be opened up to the Holy Spirit. And so right where you're at right now, those of you that had your hands up, I hear this, just prompted to me, is open up your palms. You can put them right on your lap. It doesn't matter. For Father is going to put something in your hands right now. Yep, I see that. I see. Okay, so Father God, I thank you that you're putting your spirit upon them right now, that the eyes of their heart will be awakened, Father, is awakening even now. Those of you that feel far, I want you to say, Father God, go ahead and say it right away. Father God, I'm coming home. And I'm asking you to forgive me my sins. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to lead my life. Jesus, I'm your follower today and for the rest of my life. Holy Spirit, come. Lord God, you gave this message to me. And you said, I am challenging the people. Yeah. God says he's challenging you. That you've been walking in your own strength. He says, but if you give it to me, I'm going to show you how to walk in power and in might. I'm going to put the batteries in you. 
ability to forgive, the ability to see, to discern. I'm going to give you the ability to hear my whisper into your ear. Holy Spirit, give your gifts. Open up their senses, Father, and pour yourself more of you, Lord. More of you, Holy Spirit, more and more. We are a desperate people, Father, in desperate times. God. 